0: Hey guys, this is Matt McCoy from Loop Community. I want to tell you about an event that I'm really excited about. It's called Worship Innovators. I don't know about you, but I love the Instagram account, Worship Fails. It's just so hilarious to watch the different things that happen in a worship set. And just, you know, to be honest, just to be able to laugh at ourselves and the mistakes that can happen, you know, unexpected things. And if you're like me, you know that when you're using technology in worship, there's so many things that could go wrong. Well, It's important that we know as worship leaders that we plan for what to do when things go wrong. So, at the Worship Innovators Conference, we're going to be teaching you how to use technology in worship to enhance your worship service. You're going to join companies like Praise Charts, Churchfront, Planning Center, OnSong, Worship Artistry. Learn from all these companies how to implement technology at your church and be prepared for when things go wrong. What's also really cool is that at this conference, the Instagram account, Worship Fails, is going to be there. And they're going to give a talk on what to do when things go wrong in your worship service. So I want to see you guys there. It's taking place June 8 and 9, 2020. I'll be there. I want to hang out with you. Make sure you sign up today at worshipinnovators.com.
1: The issue is when stuff stresses me, I gotta go back to the beginning and say, wait a minute, these are not my children, those are your children, God. This is not my church. God, this is your church. So in your word says I can cast every care upon you, you'll take care of it. When I do that, it takes the
0: pressure off me. What's up, community? For our interview today, Matt McCoy is going to be talking with John Jones. He's a worship director and a campus pastor at a church here in Chicago. And it's really interesting that he operates in both of these roles. I feel like a lot of times it's one or the other. So he's gonna talk a little bit about that. And then the main topic of the interview is how to lead your team and get people to buy in to the vision of your team and to what you want them to do. And they'll talk about communication. So it's a really helpful interview for if you are a worship leader or worship pastor in a position where you have a team to lead. I know that's often one of the things that as worship leaders we struggle with because we just want to play the music and we really want to get better as leaders. So let's check out the interview with John Jones. John Jones, welcome to the Luke Kennedy Podcast, my man. Oh
1: man! Thanks for having me on,
0: man. Oh, so good to see you. I remember when we met at the co-write in Chicago. We actually wrote a song together. Oh yeah, it was fun, man. I still it I love that song.
1: Same here, man. I, I got to get it uh, even going at my church. I was going to talk to you about that. So yeah,
0: yeah, man. We um, when we met, I was like, I got to get this guy on the Luke Kennedy podcast because I feel like you have such a unique perspective as a songwriter, as a worship leader. I mean, what's really interesting and unique about you is that you're a worship director, but you're also a campus pastor. So you're yes. kind of like seeing like both sides. I feel like it's pretty rare that there's a worship leader, like worship pastor, and the campus pastor. Like <laughs> you're seeing it from like both sides. And so I would love to dive into a topic with you today. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. And just get your perspective on, on something. So we're we're going to talk today about leading a team and yeah. specifically a worship team. But I would actually like to hear your thoughts, too, about leading a team from a campus pastor perspective as well. Um, So first, just tell us all about your church. You're at Christian Life Center. Tell us about your church and your role at your church. Like, What does it look like?
1: Cool, yeah. Um, Christian Life Center has uh, three locations in the south suburbs of Chicago, northwest Indiana. There's one in Blue Island. There's one in Hammond. Then there's one in Tinley Park. Now, the Tinley Park location, it's probably about 1,500 members. I am the... Uh, campus pastor at that location, and also the worship director of that location. But I'm also the campus pastor of all, uh, I'm not campus pastor, the the worship pastor over all three locations. So uh, it's definitely interesting uh, to to have the, the different hats and Operating in different roles, it, it is it's, it's unique uh, perspective. Yeah, how in I'm the world?
0: How in the world do you juggle that on a Sunday morning? Does that mean you're actually like <laughs> getting up and giving announcements and leading worship, or
1: <laughs> not giving announcements per se? Um, thank God. I think the, the the big plus for me is we have people in place to handle a lot of things. I am not the primary communicator of my campus. Um, the our senior pastors there, so I don't have to to prepare a message every single week, which is a blessing because having to deal with worship every single week is a task in itself. So don't have to do that. Um, my primary role is, is, is pastoring the team, pastoring the congregation, uh, but at the same time leading worship. So it's yeah. still interesting, but we do have strong people in place to handle things from yeah. announcements to, you know, you name it, we have people in place to handle those things.
0: So anybody who has led a group of people more than one (laughs) knows that it's pretty hard to lead people and it's hard to Ah, lead a team. And I would love to get your perspective on how do you help your team? How, How would you say a worship leader could help their team buy into the vision? of your worship ministry or of your church because that's the hardest thing of like you know you've got this fire inside of you of like this is where we're going this is the direction we're heading but how do you get people to actually like also buy into that and feel the same passion way that you do
1: Mm. i i I think uh one of the ways is you know i'm not trying to be religious but we are (laughs) this is church uh is that you know faith comes by hearing. It's like the more you put the vision in front of people, the more people tend to buy in. And what we do is we try to to wrap the vision in pretty much everything that we do. The vision of the church, even the, the vision of our, our quote-unquote department, it falls directly under the vision of the church. What we're saying is the same thing that uh, the house is saying we're not you know we just believe in if there's two two visions is division so so the more we say it the more we keep it in front the more we let people know hey this is not something we came up with this is something that is on the heart of our senior leaders and this is why we're here at this church and and the more we say it and the more we do it the more we walk it out the more we implement it in our daily conversations in our email for us it just seems that that the more people will pick it up the more people will run with it
0: yeah so like over communicating it in a way over repeating over
1: it. over when it's to nauseam to us people are just getting it you know yep. they're just starting to get it so yeah just over communicating
0: what do you do if the vision kind of slightly changes halfway uh, through and <laughs> you know what i mean that could throw yes. people
1: yes yes um hopefully when the vision changes i view that like a ship you know if you were on a ship And then you're going one direction, and if you just go like an opposite direction, if you were to whip that shit, people get whiplash. You know, people falling off get whiplash. The same thing in the driving a car, but if you slowly turn you know, and just took your time to turn and it was calculated, then less people are injured, less people are offended, less people are affected. So, so in that, when there is shift, you know, we try to talk with the shift makers, if they're senior leadership or whatever it is, and say, hey, can we implement this slowly so that less people are hurt, less people are thrown off. And then as you implement it slowly, getting bit by bit, piece by piece, it's just more easily digested.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point because I think that a lot of churches experience this when a new worship pastor comes into play, and uh, they just come in and they don't know what the past worship pastor was doing, and they just like make all sorts of changes immediately, and it can really like burn people.
1: It can, and I've seen people lead minist- uh, ministries, I've seen people step down because of that, and and I I always admonish people uh, when they're stepping into roles again to take their time. If if I'm a new worship director, I'm going to see what what the vision of the house is. I'm going to see what the old worship pastor did. I'm going to find out things he did well, the things he didn't do so well, he or she. I'm going to find out the areas where the uh, the team, what they liked and what they didn't like. So I want to take those steps, even if I want, if there is change, uh, <laughs> even if there is change, um, I, I want to be sure that I implement the change I'm doing at bite sizable and, and not yep. just, okay, hey, there's a new sheriff in town and I got all these new things I'm trying to do. Yeah. And that doesn't help anybody.
0: Right. So communicate it, explain the why, take it yeah. slowly, don't make quick, crazy changes because uh, yeah. you don't want to lose people. So what do you do then when people on the team have their own visions and opinions <laughs> about your vision? You know, it might, you know, you might have someone on your team who has a vision or, or an idea that totally is different than what your church's main vision is and the worship ministry you're going after. So how do you handle that? Like, how do you handle people on your team who are like, yeah, but we should go this way? Like, <laughs> what do you do with that?
1: It's, you know, in in some instances, it's difficult, but what we try to set up and what I've tried to do is to set up an atmosphere where people are free to give their thoughts, but we tell them up front that, hey, we want your thoughts, but we do have a vision and we're going to follow that vision. And uh, uh, we we set those things up even as they're becoming a part of the team to let them know, hey, uh, what you have to say is important, but please know at the end of the day, we're going to have to take what you say and and see how it lines up with what we do and if that does not work then
0: um,
1: yeah it, it just won't match and you know it, it's you know it still causes conflict but when we've had the discussion beforehand and had it up front it definitely helps in the back end of the conflict because confrontation is inevitable uh, uh conflict is inevitable but uh, when you have conversations up front then you can always point to hey we had this conversation and and when people get offended because they will and we say hey we had this conversation previously and that you know if your idea could be great it could be really just just magnificent but if it doesn't match our vision you know we just can't do it
0: yeah i found that most of the time as long as you give people a space to actually share their heart share their they just want to be heard They want to be acknowledged yes and you know and sometimes you'll probably find ideas in there that are really solid that you can implement somehow and then other ways, that's the tricky part of being a leader is just how do you then direct, you know, <laughs> and get people in the right lane so they're not running over the main yes. vision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think the main thing there, would you say, is providing a space for them to be heard? Yes, yes. Um, it comes down to communication uh, again.
1: Bottom line, Bottom line. Y- y- us communicating with them, but giving them the space uh, to communicate. And yeah. I'm totally with what you said. It, people do want to know that they're heard. And that they're they're taken seriously. That their voice is important. And at the end of the day, that that voice, when it lines, we say, hey, we're going to line up all of us. Because I always tell people this. I say, hey, I had thought processes and visions that when I brought it, and I brought it to with the vision of this house, it didn't match. So I had to step. I had to pull my vision and put it to the side because I didn't want vision. Yep. And I say that to people up front so that they know, hey, you know, we want to hear your voice, but you know, even the leader of this department has had different vision and ended up matching it and it didn't match. So I had to humble myself and put that vision down because it didn't match.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you just have to let your own visions uh, yeah. die in a way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And to, to to go with, you know, the flow of where your pastor or the, the leader of your ministry is taking you. Have you ever had a situation where maybe someone on your team, you've let them voice their vision, their idea, and they just will not let it? go and they will not follow you (laughs) what do you do when someone on your team will not follow you
1: what i do is i have an orientation um before anybody becomes a part of the team and in this orientation we walk through the vision of the house the expectations we walk through the whole nine like it's an hour or so orientation because we want people to know the seriousness of what they're in- entering into. It's not just, oh, I got a hobby. Let me just go up there and just get on stage so people can see me. We, we talk about pride. We talk about all these things. But one of the things we talk about is just that. We say, hey, listen, if you're going to be a part of this team, you must be open to be corrected. You must be open to be coached. You must be open to be disciple. And you must be open to bring ideas that will be rejected. Yeah. So for us and for me, what has always helped is to be able to point back to that. So I've had instances where people would let something go and I'd say, okay, hey, let, you know, let me talk to you. And we sat down and said, hey, remember when we did orientation and we talked about having a vision or having ideas that may get rejected? Now, you keep bringing the same thing. so. I'm wondering what's going on. And then we find out where their heart is. Because I'm always about trying to find out where people's heart is, why yeah. they're doing what they're doing. Because I want to get to the core, because I want to help people and not just have a good worship Sunday. You know, I really, you know, the heart should be trying to help people. So it really helps when we've had that orientation, when we had before, to redirect them to that. So then they can say, it's like, hey, we've had this conversation and you signed off on it. You said, yes, I agree. So what's happening now? Where, where you know, where's your heart? Yeah. And then we, we, we can get down to the nitty gritty.
0: So creating a space for the conversation, an open and honest conversation. So what about on your end as far as, I mean, it can be stressful leading a team and <laughs> you can carry a lot of burdens, you know what I mean? Like you end up kind of carrying the load for everybody in some ways. How have you dealt with that? Like personally, like how do you handle the stress and the challenges of leading people?
1: Uh, you know, it's honestly, it's, it is, it's difficult. And just being real about it, it's, it's definitely difficult. Um, I think, one of the biggest things for me has always been if you meet the people around me they'll they'll say like man John just it seems like he doesn't get stressed a lot and honestly the issue is when stuff stresses me I gotta go back to the beginning and say wait a minute these are not my children those are your children God this is not my church this is God this is your church so in your word says I can cast every care upon you this you'll take care of it I know it sounds uh, you know simple it sounds I don't know what the word is but when I do that, it takes the pressure off me. So I don't have to get all tight. I got to No, my God, you're big enough and bad enough to help me figure this out. You're God, and this is your stuff. This is your people. You love them more than I can love them. So why am I gonna sit here stressing you're not stressed? Why am I gonna sit here and be tense and you're not tense? And it gives me a calm and a release to cast, literally cast a care and say, okay, God, then I'm asking you, God, for your solution. And part of the solution is always to surrounding myself with people uh who i can either vent to uh or people that i can uh i'm always telling people not to to vent down uh, i don't vent sideways much but i try to vent up you know the people who actually can help who can actually give some insight on it so then i'm going to people that can give me insight hey this is where i am yeah you know give me some wise counsel man wise counsel gives me peace man so
0: yeah that's a good that's a good point vent up instead of vent down yeah. Because it's not helpful. When you're venting down, it just doesn't help anybody. It actually I mean, can cause exactly, more problems.
1: That's exactly what it does. And you end up dealing with the issue and you walk away from it, but you've vented down. Now you got people on the team that are hurt, and then they pass it on to somebody else. And now you develop a cancer because you didn't deal with it properly.
0: Yeah, man, that's so good. So what are some things you can think of that a worship pastor can do to implement at their, you know, at their church that would help avoid issues with their team?
1: I think foremost i mentioned it before but i think foremost uh, i've seen some churches do i've seen a lot of churches who don't but when i started to do orientations for people that are part of the team and then do recommitments uh once a year recommitment where we can throw the vision in front of people let them you know walk through who we are walk through how we do what we do how do we deal with resolve conflict when we go through that it minimizes conflict because again We've told you, this is how you do. We, we let people know we have an open door policy. Anytime you have an issue, come talk to us. And you know what? I'm, I'm a sidebar of that right now. I think even with that question, I don't want to minimize all issues. I want to minimize the unnecessary issues because for me, I've learned to embrace issues because issues for me that are necessary help me get better. You know what I'm saying? Because like, Right now i'm sitting in the building one day it was an issue because there was nothing here but somebody said you know what let's get a solution and now we have a building we're talking to each other you know over a device that somebody who had an issue came up with a solution so i want issues like that that we can have a solution where people get better i want those but i want to minimize the unnecessary ones and having an orientation having things laid out of how you deal with issues and how you walk them through. For us, it is minimized because we can always point back to when people, you know, say, I don't know, people are, you know, I, I want to sing. You know, why can't I sing my song or something like that? We go back to the orientation package, which says, hey, we, it's jokingly we say in there, but we have our Ten Commandments. And one of them says, thou should not covet thy neighbor's microphone. <laughs> you know, we say it jokingly, but we say And then we go into it and say, hey, that is not who we are. We're not one to say, OK, well, why can't I sing? Why can't I do that? You know, so we point back, hey, why are you bringing this up? Then we get to their heart and figure out really what's going on in their heart. And it may be pride. It may be, you know, whatever it is. Orientation. Yeah, it it has really helped us a lot.
0: That's great. So, okay, final question. I'm going to throw a practical curveball at you. And this is probably a scenario that a lot of worship leaders are facing. And let's just say you're a worship leader at a church and, you know, you spend all week long putting together the songs, getting the tracks ready, getting the planning center set up, getting the charts written, whatever. Send it out to your team and be like, Hey, here's what we're doing. See you at rehearsal on Thursday night. You show up to rehearsal and no one seems to have had practiced or listened or they have, there's almost an apathetic feeling where people just don't feel as bought in to it as you. And you're like, what? I just put so much work into this. And you guys, I can't, how, how does a worship leader inspire their team to just have the same drive and passion? And is that too much to expect? I don't know.
1: (laughs) You know, part of it is, you know, in my brain, uh, like you just said, some of it may be too much to expect to have, the, to have the exact same drive and passion because I know this is who I am. I know this is literally what I'm doing most of the week. This is what my attention is. But at the same time, um, I do believe that there is accountability. I do believe that being a part of the team means that there are expectations. And I hate to keep saying that same word, but I'm going to say it again, is we have uh, in our orientation packet our expectations of learning songs so what, what i do is i go back to people and i'm like hey guys uh, the commitment that we ask people to make is not to us and it's not to the senior leadership we're making a commitment to god that hey we're going to offer our gifts back to you so when people don't come prepared and they are you know not ready and halfway doing it and we say hey you know this is a commitment that we made to god it wasn't to to the worship leader and it wasn't to the pastor so what's going on and then we can get to the bottom of the issue is it uh my lack of preparation is it me not giving you enough time to learn the song finding your skill levels you know we expect people to do things as well as we we can and, and we're more skilled so it's really when you when you get to that point you can figure out is it me is it them is it me encouraging them is it me pointing to them uh when i've had entire teams come in unprepared most of the time, I point to me because I'm like, there's a failure. There's something I did wrong. There is either I didn't give them enough time to, I haven't been encouraging them, I haven't been motivating them. I haven't made this a family atmosphere where we care enough for each other to say, I'm not going to show up unprepared because if I do, then I'm going to you know, affect you and I'm affecting you and I'm affecting you. And we're a team, we're a family. And I don't want to disappoint you, I don't want to throw off the fact that you've prepared. So, creating that type of atmosphere
0: that's solid, definitely. I think the main theme that I'm kind of gathering from this whole thing is the way that you set people up on your team for success is by that orientation, like by making it clear at the beginning, here's where we're going. Here's how we're going to get there. And here's what's expected. Are you on board? And I think that that's, it seems like that's the main thread of this entire conversation we've had, which I think it is. I think that's a great reminder for worship pastors. John, thanks so much for your time and thanks for your heart, for what you're doing at your church, how you're leading your team there. Man, thanks for just sharing all these golden nuggets with us.
1: Oh, man, man. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man.
0: Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us on the Loop Community Podcast. Music from this episode is brought to you by John Guerra from his album, Little Songs. Make sure you check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. We'll see you soon.